Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres get ready to wrap up their latest set against the Diamondbacks here at Petco. And in studio hosting the show, we've got Mike Janella pushing for some excellent promotional ideas. Bill Center Bobblehead Day. That's an idea. Ooh, Let's yeah. take that up to Wayne Bartell. That'd be a Bobble Belly Day. <laughs> they can't make a head big enough. <laughs> Alongside Mike is Bill Center, who is making the creation of the bobblehead complicated due to his semi-ambidextrousness. Well, I write with my right hand, but everything else what? is left-handed. Yeah. Oh, That's man. weird. That is, oh, no, I'm totally weird. <laughs> and rounding out the crew, it's Bob Scanlon, who has a very bizarre and complicated game time ritual. I went with two pieces of gum to start the game. Then the third inning, I go with a pack of uh, seeds. That would be done by the sixth inning. Then you go back to the gum, but you got to go with the sugar-filled gum because the sugar-free gum isn't as sticky. And sometimes you need a little extra stickiness to get that slider working, Mike, I've heard. Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Mike Janella, Bill Center, and Bob Scanlon. Happy Sunday and welcome to Padre Social Hour. It is noon. We are getting you set for that 141st pitch. They're filling in at Park in the Park. We've got a couple folks here in the team store. We've got Bill Center here ready to rock and roll. And we've got Bob Scanlon with a new pregame routine. Yeah, this is the pregame routine. <laughs> you got, I'm trying to get you guys on board with it. If you don't have a donut in your hand. And your mail. And you got it. Hey, look, it's a social hour. We're here. Friends on the couch talking ball, right? Yes, yeah, so we are. So this, chocolate is, donuts. Yeah. this is what's going on in the clubhouse right now, I promise you. You, you can tweet us or Instagram or, or yeah. through the chat online, or you can send actual letters right. in snail yeah, mail. It's all good. Uh, Bob's got his donut in one hand, his fan mail in the other. Look, uh, you can't. Some you of your, is this your old baseball card? Some Somebody old baseball sent you this card, time? some old Cub cards. The Cubs coming into town. I guess the Cubs fans are starting to find out where I'm at and send, send me the hate mail. Dear Mr. Scanlon, L O N. You ruined all those good, games for the Cubs. Look at that. Pain, you look in pain right there. Um, I was in pain. Anytime that you throw the baseball and it gets hit out of the ballpark faster than you throw it, you're in pain. <laughs> you're in physical and emotional pain. Get that, <laughs> that neck whiplash going back yeah, and forth, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, how you guys doing? Bloopers here, too. Uh, the whole Hi. crew, Maddie, as well. So we got a lot of fun for you uh, coming up. We're going to talk... Uh, unfortunately, the game last night didn't go the Padres' way. We'll talk about some of the wackiness that ensued and sunk the ship last night. Uh, Clayton Richards' yips, which have not Ooh. gone away in his time since he's returned to San Diego. Uh, we'll talk about, I put this out on Twitter, been getting a lot of response. The San Diego Sports Mount Rushmore. And we'll explain why that's a topic today and get to that later. I'm very interested in hearing your guys' takes, especially you, Bill been around the block here a couple times so yeah, right. I, think, I think bill should be on there but you know yeah. that's, oh. we'll get to that there you go we will uh, well, I'm, I'm waiting for the uh segment when we talk about your favorite best olympic sport <laughs> that, yeah the olympics are ending today so we may do what uh, what sports we would be best and worst at so it's gonna be a lot of fun today getting you set for that 141st pitch as the uh, padres look to take the series against the diamondbacks as i mentioned you can join us today get in on the conversation you can either write a letter which we'll get here for a few days but that or seems to be a donut or bring a donut, <laughs> however you'd like to get involved. Donuts are always welcome. You can also, the more expedient way, get in touch using hashtag PadresSH on social media. There's also the chat happening live at Padres.com slash social hour. And I want to I start off with a tweet. 
Is that okay? Are we good? No, no, we're good. <laughs> great intro. We're good, man. We're off and I'm running. Just, I'm just watching scans here. Oh, yeah. oh, like like he didn't have a big old no, glazed no, donut I, just 30 I, seconds ago. I try to watch my, uh, my yeah, figure There's here. some glazed donut yeah, in yeah, your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, some of those crumbs you can still see on your shirt from here, Phil. Bob just does it on camera. Phil's a little bit more let's uh, discreet. Be, let's be yeah. transparent about it, right? We pull the curtain back. This is it. Yeah, you're looking at it. You're looking at how the sausage gets made. It's my donuts getting eaten. I wanted to start off with a tweet because Ghost of Booz Bayer tweeted in right before the show, and it kind of encapsulates everything that went wrong last night. He goes, do we blame last night's weirdness and loss on the wacky lineup experiment? It was another funky lineup that Andy Green trotted out last night. What's to blame for the defense? Hashtag Padres SH. So, I mean, there were the four errors. Right. The one that was committed by Salarte that was overturned. Uh, the two by Richard, which cost the team uh, literally both runs. Uh, the base is loaded, nobody out, and you can't get the ball out of the infield. Uh, there was a lot that went wrong yesterday. So where do you begin in pointing fingers and laying blame? Well, I think the, the eighth inning where you had the bases loaded and nobody out, three straight pop-ups, that to me, well, one wasn't a pop-up, one was a broken bat, comeback liner, but uh, that to me was even, I, I just, that just floored me. Yeah, no, that hurts, but still, even if you don't come through in that right. situation, which they didn't, you still yeah. have a chance to win that game if you can just right. play catch. Yeah. I mean, and, and look. Or it, throw. Or throw, exactly. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, playing catch. Being able to throw the yeah. ball, you know, less, uh, less than 60 feet 6 inches at not 90 miles an hour, which, I mean, the, the whole thing with Clayton Richard is really tough, and this is nothing new. We've right. seen this for him. And this has been part of his career, his entire, his previous stint with the Padres. Obviously, being gone for a couple of years hasn't helped it. Had and the same thing in the White Sox. Exactly. Right. And, Willie, i got to be honest, Bill, I'm not surprised. And the reason is I actually went through this myself in my career. I know what it's like to have the problem throwing to the bases. I worked on it. I worked on it. Mentally worked on it. Physically spent hours, practice throws all over the place. There's just something that happens with some guys where you have two gears. You have first gear and you have fifth gear. And most of the time, we spend our lives on the mound working in fifth or sixth gear where you are throwing the ball as hard as you can, 60 feet, 6 inches, and gosh darn it, he can put it within a centimeter of where he wants to most of the time. But when it comes to having right. to throttle it down and you have to just make that easy throw, your body just doesn't do it. It's not, I, I can't explain it. As hard as I worked on it, I, I can empathize with what poor Clayton is going through there. You know, the one thing that always – you know, he made a change because even balls hit back to him throwing the first. Now he gets when it when the balls hit back to him and it's the play is at first. Yeah, he runs as far as he can before he tosses. As I him. did, right. I, I almost got I almost cost me my life because I had a play in a in a, a playoff game in winter ball, and you know how passionate the fans are down there. Oh yeah, and right. you know they're not afraid to pack heat. Right. So <laughs> I actually threw a ball away one time that ended up costing us a playoff game, and after the game, somebody pulled a gun on me afterwards. Are you and said, serious? Can you Is not right? throw the blinkety-blank ball? Yes, I had a gun actually pulled on me, and I thought, I am going to die right now because I could not throw the ball to first base. So well, I, I had instead learned, I hope you learned <laughs> to throw the ball to first base. <laughs> no, I tried to play. No, what I learned. <laughs> no really, no what sympathy I learned, from Bill. <laughs> what I learned is what you just talked about with Clayton is, I'm not throwing the ball at first. I am running it over right. there as far as I can, and I'm underhanding it over there. And that is the way I, I made the play at first base uh, for a good part of the last five or six years of my career. So what's some stuff you mentioned mentally you try and figure it out? What are some things that you can try and do? I mean, how do you try and get past that block? Because that's, that's all it is now, I'm sure, is just mental. It's, well, I don't think it's just mental. Again, no? because I felt like I, I tried, okay, just stay relaxed, right? 
Uh, all right, let's make it more intense. Let's throw it harder. Let's throw it softer. Let's pretend that the guy is running slow. Let's pretend that it's a fast plan. I don't have to think about it. There was nothing I could do mentally to try to trick myself into my arm throwing the ball the right speed because I wanted to throw everything hard. And I was fine. Anything to the third base side of the bag, I could cut it loose because I know I could throw the ball 100 miles an hour and that first baseman was going to catch it. But as soon as I was on the first base side of the, the rubber. Same with Clayton. Yeah, I on know. The, on the third base side? Yes. Okay, and if it's a difficult play, he's fine. To me, it's hard to imagine, though, somebody who was a former college quarterback at Michigan. I know. Who has guys rushing him that would have trouble picking up the ball. Yeah, you've got that linebacker that blitzing right, and the right. down lineman compared to this. That's what I'm trying yeah, to explain to you guys. Crazy. It's right. not just just mentally think of something different or just practice it a little bit more. It is almost as though there is a, a cog in the wheel missing internally with you to be able to find that third gear, right. which is just throw it, you know, 70 miles an hour from 40 feet away. It's almost you just can't find it. And you keep grinding the gears trying to – where is it? I can't find right. it. Remember yeah. Clayton's first day back here when they had the PFDs? Yeah. And he was the first guy on the mound. Yeah. The ball's hit back to him, and he threw it over the first base with head. I know. Even I in practice, that's tough. I, I empathize with the guy. It, it's hard. I, right. I wish I had a, an easy answer for you guys. And the other thing is, as I was, we were talking about a little bit, he's not the only one. There's other guys out there. John Lester can't throw to first base right. on the pickoffs. Other guys – may hide it a little bit more than he does, but eventually you do get exposed and eventually it does cost you a game. And trust me, it's not a lack of caring or effort or mentally trying to play all the games that you try to play. Uh, the first one last night, I really thought, could have been caught at the bag. Yeah, it had some fade on it because it, he's right, throwing. Right, it was going that way. Because here's the right. other thing he's trying now. Because you start trying your different arm angles, right? right. Down so now he's, now he's at the low three-quarter, right? But now he gets around right. the ball, and he actually throws a cutter right there. Right. It, goes exactly. off the it had a good movement if it was going the opposite direction toward home. But, yeah, going to that's the bag, saying, that's not that's what you want. Uh, it's You try everything. You try grips. You try arm angles. You try mentally. You try throwing it harder. You try throwing it softer. And, and he, j he knows as soon as the ball has left his hand, he knows. In fact, he probably knows right before the ball is about to leave his hand that this is not going to go well. <laughs> it's, you it's, just hope that maybe it's, it's, the guy it's, like, it's it. painful to watch because you know he's I trying know. everything right. that he can do, and you know that it's just not working. Like you said, the gear is just not catching, and it's, it's tough to see. Um, and it was really – it led directly to both runs. So the first one set up uh, the first and third, then with a the double play brought the one run in, and then later on the run scored on his on second his error. Yeah. Um, so, and that ended up being the decision. That was a two-to-one game and both runs I coming through it, on I that. I thought he pitched great. I, I thought he had that's great the thing. That's yeah. the thing that, that kills you when, you, when right. you sit in your locker after that game. You're sitting there, and you feel a moment of ecstasy because, you know, look – my craft is throwing the baseball 60 feet, 6 inches, and letting guys m make sure guys don't hit it. And he did that with great sinkers like that. He threw the changeup. He threw the off-speed pitches. He pitched brilliant. Look at that. That's right. nasty. He pitched a great game. He just couldn't field his position. Right. Six innings, two hits, three walks, five strikeouts, uh, the two runs, but both of which were uh, unearned because of the errors, which actually blooper – said something to me in the press box last night because, uh, again, the two runs that scored the only two were as a result of those errors. Yeah. And when you get an errors that, that lead to runs, they become unearned runs. However, they were both errors committed by the pitcher. So Blooper in the press box yesterday turns to me and says, hey, on the show tomorrow, I want to talk about... If the pitcher has an error, it should count as an earned run if it's the pitcher's error. It's his fault. What do you guys think about yeah. that? I've, always, I've thought about the same thing over the years, too. So 
I've pondered but, it. What did you come up with? I, I disagree with Blooper just because anything that Blooper says, what? I disagree with. There you with. go. By definition, right. we have to discredit exactly. it and throw it out. Right. Yeah. If, Blo <laughs> if Blooper says something, it's absolutely that's idiotic a good, that's and a good, it gets thrown out. That's a good I thought. Agree. But we'll take it a step further. Actually, what I was thinking, when I, and I thought about this sometimes when I was sitting in the clubhouse afterwards, like, how come that's not an earned run against me? Because right. I yeah. just threw the ball <laughs> away. And, I, and, and really, the whole point of trying to figure out the earned run average is to decipher what we were just talking about. How well are you actually pitching? That's what you're being judged right. on, and that's what's being not not your fielding. Right. And so, regardless of who's making that fielding error, whether it's you or the catcher or, or center fielder, really the ERA is, is designed to try to assign: Are you effective on the mound as a pitcher throwing the ball? And, and that's really where you got to stick with it. So I, you no. got you. So you're you're against blooper and with the stat being the Absolutely. way it currently it's, it's an unearned run, no matter who makes the error. There you go, Blooper. And what's amazing about Blooper is that <laughs> oh, here we said, go. Oh, you said no. when he was talking in the press box. So uh, out of every 600 or 700 comments, there's one thing that's worth you know, throwing around. And that's my job every game is to sift through all that sand <laughs> right. for the one nugget of gold that <laughs> oh could be usable gosh. on the you, show. You are the Brita filter of this <laughs> show. Yes. Uh, you're I, making sure nothing gets through. The human's work nice. that I we put in. We sit next to each other every game, and <laughs> every he just listens to me line. blabber. It's, it's, oh. it's a shame. Uh, we got a tweet in here from uh, Dennis Goulias. <laughs> Uh, about a couple of your stories, Scan. He says, today I learned donuts cure whiplash, A, but they don't stop passionate fans from flashing the heat. Craziest story ever. I'm, I'm still a little bit taken yeah. aback that oh, you, you yeah, came that no, close to was, meeting your demise. Yeah, it was scary. No doubt about it. In fact, after we had armed guards um, covering our team for a while. After Is that, that right? Yeah. We, in fact, in Venezuela, we always had uh, armed guards covering the team, and I never really understood why. And then after my experience, because I went back to Mexico the following year and, and had that happen, well, and uh, I mean, it was not good. We had good, there were times where we had gunshots at, at our bus. Right. I mean, we'd be driving out of the parking lot, and all of a sudden, bang, bang! It was like, get down! We just, you know, you'd have well, to cover remember the up. Colombian soccer player. Oh yeah, the guy that put yeah. the ninety four World Cup, that, yeah, right. who, who did lose right. his right. life because of the own goal. Yeah. Yeah. I covered the game that he put the really? own goal in. Right. Oh my gosh! And you could tell. I mean, there was a lot even at. Uh, even at the Rose Bowl, at that there was a lot of whoa. Yeah, you know, they were booing and stuff, and it was like whoa. Yeah. Well, my wife was Colombian, so uh, I got to be careful what goes on in my house. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's why you still have your beard because she <laughs> likes so the beard and yeah, you're not shaving mama it. Once. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, smart man. So she didn't come up sometime packing and saying, "You better learn how to throw the ball." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> better yeah. learn how to take out the trash, yeah. or so else. She's got some cousins <laughs> that would take care of that. Yeah. If uh, I don't show insane. up to the next show tomorrow, guys, you know what happens. We know why exactly. Okay. No, it certainly puts the fans from Philly or the Yankee bleacher creatures or the Cubs fans in perspective when you think about what other fans oh. around the world yeah. really get into uh, for their sports. Uh, speaking of the Cubs, they're coming to town tomorrow, and tickets are still available but going fast for this highly anticipated series. Make sure you get your tickets now. Again, it's Monday through Wednesday. The Cubs are in town here at Petco Park. Don't miss any of the action. Get your tickets today at Padres.com. When we come back, there was some good to talk about from last night's game, and we'll talk about it. So don't go far. This is Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour, getting you set for this 141st pitch between Luis Perdomo for the Padres and Braden Shipley for the Diamondbacks. Padres won the first two games of this four-game set, a chance to take the series last night. Didn't happen. They'll try and get that today. Diamondbacks, of course, looking for a split. 
A uh, couple questions coming in here on hashtag PadresSH. Again, that's the way you can get in touch with us uh, on social media. There's also the chat at Padres.com slash social hour. And let's see, uh, Nancy Duty tweeting in, uh, thanks to Bill Center for making me laugh today. As always, I needed it. I was at the game last night. So I guess with, your, with yeah. your, your takes on exactly what transpired yesterday, at least we could enjoy a little bit of laughter from what was a tough game yesterday. Um, and then East Village Times, quick question, and I'm only including this because I have a quick answer. Why does Brandon Mauer not have a song for him before he comes out to close a game? I thought that was mandatory. He does. He has uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit by uh, Nirvana. Right. The problem is Mauer's last couple of appearances have not been in safe situations, so you don't get the song unless you're coming in to close the door. So happy to help uh, East Village Times. All right, uh, I mentioned there was some good last night in the game, mainly off the bat of one man, Patrick Kivlahan, who comes up, makes his big league debut, was claimed off waivers by the Padres a few weeks ago, gets the call up, and launches a bomb. And I was hoping to have the replay of it ready for you, but Patrick Kirsch has <laughs> snuck back down today. We have dual producers over here. Yeah, right he, he's, he's he, massaging he Blooper's shoulders. He tried to put a sign on my back. He's not letting Blooper do his <laughs> job. Please stop distracting Blooper and let him do his job, please. Yeah, because he's in his bright red Diamondbacks colors today, so I think we got to get There's your home out run. of here. Here's the, here's the highlight. So uh, Kivlan, I mean, <laughs> this was he launched this one oh, yeah. up into that second deck <laughs> on the, uh, the Estrella Jalisco landing. And it's funny because, and Bill, I saw you tweeting about this last night during the game. Uh, this was measured by people as 432 feet, that was ESPN, 451 feet, that was here in the park. Uh, StatCast measured it at 464 feet. Right. So no one knows how far exactly this ball went, but we know it went a long way. No, but what we do know is that it crushed some guy right in the back, her dad. So if we can go back and see the replay of it, and watch this, okay, boom, uh, <laughs> he barrels man. it up. Patrick gets all of it. This is awesome. Well, I guess we're going to see another replay of the swing. Nice job staying behind Beautiful the ball, yeah. using the hands. Nice stay. Right, here, watch we, this. here we go. Here comes flying, and look at the guy in the white shirt. I've got it. I've got it. No, I don't. Oh, <laughs> nails him right in the back. He's down. He's oh, down. Man. And then we cut to Patrick laughing like that was his right. job all yeah. along. Uh, yeah, grabbing the lumbar. He's going to have a bruise today, I'm sure. <laughs> He's got a souvenir. Oh, yeah. He should, get, he should get Patrick to sign that. Yeah, get it tattooed and get yeah. it signed on. Um, now, this kid, uh, I mean, a great a great story. Uh, he, come, he plays at Rutgers, by the way. Shout out New Jersey football. He's a backup uh, safety for three years. Decides after his senior season – I'm going to try baseball, walks onto the baseball team and becomes the first player in Big East Conference history to win the Triple Crown, <laughs> just messing around in his first season, ends up getting drafted in the fourth round by the Mariners, which is a pretty big deal for a guy who just played one year right. of college baseball as a fluke, and now he's up here, super short sample size. We have no idea if what we saw last night will transpire, but a great story nonetheless. It's almost a little bit like Tony Gwynn was at San Diego State in a basketball scholarship, right. not playing, and you know... It was a friend of his saw him walk down the hall, say, ask the baseball coach, why isn't he playing baseball? <laughs> and that's how he actually got started at San Diego State in baseball. Yeah, it is amazing when you see guys that yeah. are such great athletes. Yeah. You know, I think of Bo Jackson. Oh, I'll go out and play some baseball. Right. You know, uh, we've, we've seen guys do this before, and you know, who knows how it's all going to play out. But that being said, he has had power in his minor leagues. Right. So it's not as though all of a sudden he ran into one and we're never going to see another long ball out of him again. He had 20-plus home runs the previous couple of years. So uh, Didn't really work out there. for Michael Jordan. <laughs> no, no. That's Actually, I saw it. I was, I, I was in Florida, and I went down, and I uh, 
covered one of his first live batting practices. Yeah. And it was really sort of embarrassing. Yeah. So well, the, the best thing for that, for baseball players, was that the greatest athlete in another sport, a guy that transcended his sport, basically, right. thought it was easy, and he was just going to go over and play baseball. Oh. And he showed the rest of the world it's not that easy. And you so know, baseball players all over the place are like, yes, you see, there actually is <laughs> He still hit ball. like 200, you, though, didn't he? Just because he right. ran out some right. infield singles because he was so fast. Hey. But you just said something very interesting because he was facing a couple of the – Cubs minor league pitchers, and it was not like just batting practice. Those guys were bearing down on him yeah. as if to prove, I'm not going to, you know. Oh, everybody was out to right. prove that. Yeah. yeah. It's not that you weren't still enthralled with having him up there, but I want to say yeah. I struck out Michael right. Jordan, and I think there also was sort of a, a civic pride, if you I don't you will. want him to come yeah. in and think that this is so easy. Exactly. Yeah. He still did pretty well right. for a guy. 200? Yeah, come on. For a guy who hadn't played, who was busy. No, but everybody thinks that you just show years. up right. and you can hit all. You know, everybody thinks, well, I played okay. Little League and I'd, I'd be in the big leagues if I just hadn't hurt my ankle, you what know, about my Tebow? senior year. What about Tebow now? See, see now, th that's a big debate going on right now in terms of whether he should be taking up a roster spot or not from a kid. And, and I, I've got mixed feelings on it because I just look at it and say, forget the football background. Just look, if he's a guy that thinks he's he can a ball play player, right. and an organization thinks they can help him, go for it. Right. If it's just. You know, a publicity stunt, and at age 28 or 29 or whatever he mm -hmm. is, you start to think, you know what, probably more of a publicity stunt than anything else, then, then I'm against it because I don't think there's, there's a, a place for publicity stunts uh, in professional baseball with that because I you agree. are messing with guys' careers. Uh, Lake Elsinore was trying. They were getting a Twitter campaign to, if they got enough retweets, to get Tebow uh, picked up by the Padres. Uh, don't think that's gonna, that's going to happen. happen. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was going to save this for later, but mentioning you, Bob, mentioning now how everyone thinks it was so easy maybe to come play baseball, let's do it now. It's this Olympic talk. So today's the last day of the Olympics. Mm. I've been loving these last two weeks, and I emailed you guys last night, and I said, think about this because I want to quickly discuss it. In your primes, your athletic primes, maybe that's today, maybe that was 20 years ago, whenever, you, the, what Olympic sport would you be best at and which one would you be absolutely worst at? And, Bob, you don't get to pick baseball because it's oh, not, it's whoa, not whoa, in the Olympic whoa, sport, whoa. technically, until 2020. Uh, I'll go javelin throw because oh, yeah, I can throw. Yeah, right. So I'm going to say smart. I could probably yeah. launch a javelin pretty good. And as far as things I can't do – um, I would probably be pretty bad at the sprint. Is that right? I, I didn't have great wheels. <laughs> I, I was more like a giraffe than a gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> so no 100 meter for uh, for No, I'm going to stay out of the 100 meter, yeah. but I'm going to launch that javelin a, a long, Bolt long Scanlon. way. I like that one. Just, keep, just keep your eyes open because I don't know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> it may skew or something. It may not be in bounds, <laughs> right. but it will go far. Bill, How about you, you Bill? Modern pentathlon. I think I'd be decent at it. I mean, I would not, not one of the world's best. But I could shoot and I could ride. So yeah, modern really? pentathlon. Awesome. It's it's shooting. It's horse riding. It's uh, running. Right. It's fencing. Right. And then what's the last one? It's uh, I can't. I don't. I'll get it up here. Okay. Bill, you'd be a big target on a fencer. Yeah, Maybe but but I would not. <laughs> the FPA would. <laughs> the sport where I would like I would kill myself would be gymnastics. Oh yeah, for this sure. How much point. money I would pay to see Bill Center right. try a that, vault or right. a the pommel oh, yeah, horse, yeah, the parallel bars, right. or something, <laughs> parallel bars, something <laughs> like that? We would be that guy. There would be all serious, right? That's so oh, good. Uh, swimming is the other one in the pentathlon. Oh, okay, yeah. Those five. Right. So yeah. those are your five. Uh, blooper. I'm sure you have I'd to obviously have about be a this. good sprinter. What? We've seen you sprint yes. on video on the show. You'd, You'd be, a not good be a good sprinter. Oh, not be a good sprinter. No, I would be. No, I'm saying you would you be. Wouldn't if be. I was in the Olympics, it would be as a sprinter, obviously. Would it be like a dash of walkies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would, Bob, I think you'd be good at this too because I think mine, this is definitely a case of me thinking that looks really easy. Handball? 
like just run around oh. and throw the ball in the net. It seems really simple, yeah, especially for a former baseball player. Just yeah, yeah. Pump that in. Does like Winter Olympics that. count? I'll try that What's that? Does Winter Olympics count? Sure, yeah. Curling. Curling. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's more blue for speed. Kill it. Stand there with a broom. Water polo, I would die. Having to tread water that long, I would. You'd be underwater? I would, yeah. Two minutes drowning. I've heard some amazing stories about what goes on underneath the water yeah. in those contests. I mean, it gets Kicking. nasty. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 I, all that together, I would not last five minutes max. <laughs> yeah. So th those are ours. How uh, about the last night, yesterday's gold medal game between Serbia and Croatia for the uh, oh yeah, water pole? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was. I thought there might be some blood in the water in that one. There might have been. Those guys yeah. say it's a big sport out there. They How about they diving? Would anybody want to dive off a diving board and do flips and stuff and nope. not uh, cannonball? Yeah, I would just can. <laughs> I would cannonball every time. Yeah, that's all I would do. Why isn't Why isn't there a gold medal in cannonball? Or by the belly flopping. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest, yeah. biggest flash. I think we found yeah. our sport, guys. Boom. All right, team belly flopping. That'll yeah. be us. That's what goes Olympics. on at the Carnival Cruises, I think. Right. Right? Yeah. That, that's where you get your gold medal there, where you're you drunk gotta, you and you just yeah. land and you, you know, spray all the gotta other Got to look people. away from Rio and more <laughs> to yeah, the cruise lines. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so let us know what you guys think, how we do as an Olympic team, the four of us. I think our powers combined, we could bring home some bronzes uh, at yeah. least. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> our cast. Yeah, or, or that, more, much more likely. Uh, hey, guys, Papa John's is proud to support the efforts of USO San Diego, and now you can too. Go to PapaJohns.com and order the USO Special. That's two large pizzas and a two-liter for $24. One dollar from every special ordered will be donated to USO San Diego. Show your support today and enjoy great pizza from Papa John's. When we come back, we will unveil our San Diego Sports Mount Rushmore's and yours, too. So stick around. This is Padres Social Hour. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour, getting you ready for that 141st pitch. Again, Luis Perdomo against Braden Shipley. Now, I know right before we went to break, I said we'd get to our Sports Mount Rushmore, but I've been told during break that we actually have a guest. And, yeah, he just walked in. Patrick Kivlihan there he is. is here. So, real quickly, while Patrick gets set, we're <laughs> okay. going to do tonight's, today's lineup first. Right. We'll save our Mount Rushmore for later after All we right. talk to Patrick. So, let's quickly run through the lineup presented by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. It's Travis Jankowski leading off again in center field with Young Harris Alarte at third base, batting second. Will Myers getting a day off today. Alex Dickerson's in left with Ryan Schimmel playing second and batting cleanup. Then it's Christian Bethencourt catching Brett Wallace at first base. Patrick Kivlihan, fresh off his big league debut and home run, who we'll have on the set here in just a couple minutes, will bat seventh and play right with Adam Rosales at short and Luis Perdomo pitching. Now yesterday, uh, neither guy really had the best game, but I went to fan graphs and looked at their stats because it was very close to call. I went with the numbers. Blooper got the point yesterday. Who was it between? Clayton Richard and Ryan Shim. So Based on what? What was the determining factor? We'll talk about. We'll talk about this later. He picked Clayton Richard, who had the errors, but according to Fangraphs, he pitched a good runs. enough game to overcome that to put them in position Ooh. to win. We'll explain this later. According to your guys' argument, Cheaty. he gave up zero earned runs. Sketchy. It's the stats. It's the stats. Uh, so Sketchy. he gets the point, and he also gets the first pick today. So Blooper, who you got? Gotta go, Kivlihan. He's right here. What? Pick him? <laughs> That's so wrong. <laughs> He had I was just talking about time. that, that I was going to grab it. Oh, that's fine. Hey. That's fine. I'm going to go with Travis Jankowski. Bob rigged. did say during I'm the commercial. I'm going to call that's it okay. Trump. The, 
<laughs> this election is rigged. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> that is rigged. I don't pay. Okay. So I'm gonna go with Travis Jankowski instead. All right, Kivlahan versus yeah. Jankowski, and we'll see if, if Patrick has any any extra uh, motivation today. Now that he's Patrick, been it's nice to be one, isn't it? Everybody yeah. wanted you today, so. <laughs> All right, that's Supercuts head-to-head challenge. It's Supercuts that pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find the Supercuts near you at Supercuts.com. When we come back, fresh off his Big Bang debut last night, it's Padres outfielder Patrick Kivlahan. We're back with more Social Hour right after this. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. Joining us now, the man of the hour last night, making his big league debut. And what do you know, yanks a home run, knocks <laughs> another base hit. First Padre ever, I don't know if anybody told you this, that had two hits in their debut and a home run being one of them. So congrats on making team history. It's Patrick Kivlahan. What's Thanks. up? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a round of applause here from the folks at the team store. <laughs> and we're putting you for all that on the Cholula hot seat. So welcome uh, to Social Hour. I mean, it's a cliche question, man, but how did it feel? That must have been awesome last night. Yeah, it was a pretty surreal night, you know, just everything from getting here to going right to the ballpark to the hole just leading up to it. And then, honestly, the game was the easiest part. I was most relaxed <laughs> during the game. It was, it was a five hours leading up to the game where my knot was in, knot was in stomachs and it was gut-wrenching. I've got to, I mean, Bob, you've been there, I'm sure. And it sounds weird, but I'm sure that's a common feeling, right? Yeah, no, actually, that's your comfort zone is like, just let me on the field, let me do what I can do. Yeah. And obviously, he did it better than anybody could have expected <laughs> for that first hit. That was amazing. And the first two pitches, fastballs, about 96 yeah. miles an hour up and out over, and you're a little bit late on yeah. them. The, uh, what are you looking for in the two-strike situation at that I point? I was just trying not to strike out. <laughs> really, just putting yeah. a nice little clean swing yeah, on the ball? Yeah, just put the ball in play. Man, you didn't get cheated. You barreled yeah. it up. Did you, did you see what it hits the back wall and hits that guy right in the back? I mean, uh, did, did he come up to you afterward? Did you get the ball first I got all? the ball, yeah. Okay. Three three little girls caught the ball, so they gave it yeah. to me, and I just traded them a ball with an autograph. That's so. it, really? Yeah, that's all you they got got pretty cheap on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy that got hit in the back, you didn't have to sign his bruise no, or anything? No, I or? still haven't even seen that. I mean, I've seen the clip, but I didn't notice the ball went off the guy's <laughs> okay, back. Yeah, yeah you know, we had it up here. I'm sure it'll come up here in a second again. But, yeah, it bounced off the wall, uh, hit the guy who may have been their dad or older brother or something. <laughs> uh, he seemed okay, though. He, he made it. He was fine. And you got your ball back, which is the important thing. No, that's such a, a no-doubter, though, when it leaves your barrel. I, what, what's going through your mind as you're rounding first base? Is this, uh, is this for real? I mean – yeah, I mean, I, I knew I got it, uh, got all of it, but it was still one of those things where it was like, go, 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 go. <laughs> and then yeah. once it finally went out, it was like, all right, like, you can you can relax a little bit. Yeah, now. and just enjoy the moment going <laughs> around the bag. So. <laughs> and we were talking earlier on the show before you got here about your – I mean, your story's very unique. You play football at Rutgers for your three years. Decide to just walk on, on baseball, in baseball as a senior, win the first Triple Crown in Big East Conference history. Yeah. I mean, did baseball just come that easy to you? Why didn't you start a little earlier? Uh, I mean, coming out of high school, football was my, my one love. You know, I love that. And, you know, I wanted to see my commitment through with football. So I did all four years of football. And that fourth year, I went right from football into baseball. And I got off to a slow start, actually. I was one of the last guys on the team to get a hit. But, uh, you know, those guys rallied around me and uh, kind of kept me up and got a couple of hits and just kind of got rolling and stayed hot. And now you've gone through and, you, you know, you get picked in the fourth round by the Mariners. You kind of bop back and forth the Rangers system back to the Mariners, a couple different levels in the minors. I mean, what's, what's that been like? Did you, did you ever think maybe I, I didn't do the right thing? I mean, you made it up to the big leagues now, so it worked yeah. in retrospect. But what was that whole journey like to get here? I mean, it was crazy. It was, you know, your typical minor league, you know, grinding it out every year, kind of level to level, level to level. And then this year kind of jumping, you know, from Texas to Seattle to El Paso and now to here. I mean, it, it was crazy, but it's definitely all been worth it. 
You know, I'm curious, since you missed so much baseball in your college career and then you start playing again, did you feel like the first few years that you were sort of catching up to the rest of the guys in terms of the plate uh, appearances and everything, or did you really just hit the ground running and go? I mean, in terms of, like, definitely just seeing pitches, I felt behind, but I feel like my years of playing football kind of gave me, like, a different experience and a different edge that most baseball players don't get to experience, and, you know, and uh, and I felt like that played to my advantage. Yeah, worked out all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So now moving forward, obviously this is a very young outfield. You've sure have, I'm sure you've been following the, the growth and the progression of the guys up here. What are you looking to do moving forward now? You make a great first impression last night. You're back in the lineup tonight. What's your mentality as you get slotted in this lineup here? Kind of just do whatever, you know, whatever the team needs me to do and kind of just help us win ball games. You know, everything goes better when we're winning, so when we win, you know, it's just easier. You, you mentioned, Mike, the, the crazy year that he's had. And we were talking about it before. He's been in three or four different towns this year. You, you've got luggage probably all <laughs> scattered all over the nation at this point. But what is it like in terms of, you know, being in one clubhouse, you end up going over to the Rangers. you got to learn all those names. Yeah. Come over to El Paso. You're there for two weeks. I mean, are you still just trying to learn names and figure yeah, out Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, it's kind of all just been like a giant, like, blend, like, one season. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll think of a memory, and I'll be like, wait, was I in Texas or <laughs> was I with Tacoma? <laughs> right. Like, I kind of forget where things happen, but. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a whirlwind of a year, but so far, so good here. Now, sometimes guys get a little, you know, despondent when they're moving around to so many different places. For you, though, was it more a sense of, hey, things are starting to happen now? I'm not just going to be stuck in AAA with Seattle? I mean, some other teams are obviously interested in me? Yeah, definitely when I got claimed here, you know, I thought that was a good thing they claimed okay. here. You know, definitely they, they, they said they wanted me. You know, I talked to them on the phone. I kind of had a comfort feeling coming here just because, you know, sharing the spring training complex with the Padres when I was in the Mariners. That's true. Playing against them so much, playing against them in low A, high A, short season, triple A. Yeah. You, know, you build relationships playing against guys. Right. I played in the fall league for two years, and the Padres are on my team both years. So I actually know a decent amount of guys here. So when I walked in the clubhouse, you know, Spangenberg and Jankowski, I played with those guys before. So okay. it was kind of – it's kind of a homecoming. You know, we got together, and they're kind of taking me around and oh, taking me cool. to their wings. So yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's been good. They do their daily little newspaper crossword puzzle together before <laughs> every game. Are you getting in on that? or is I, that I didn't know they did not that. Yet? No, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Check that out. Ask me about <laughs> it. I saw uh, one of the stories about you last night. You said you got how many text messages waiting for you after that home I, I don't know exactly, but it's over 200. That's crazy. Yeah, just yeah. the phone yeah. blowing up like yeah. that. And what's great, the, w the wife was here. Unfortunately, the parents were traveling in from yeah. New York. They didn't get a chance to see it, but they'll be here today. So you've got to hit another home run. <laughs> let, let them have something I'll to just, I'll just take a hit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just, just a not knock. Yeah. Uh, no. ha have you answered back all those 200, or is there still not been enough <laughs> no, time I, for you? I honestly only answered maybe like five. So if anyone's, <laughs> so if anyone's listening, I'm sorry. I'll eventually get back Group to you. Group text. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Don't take it personally. He's a very busy man. Yeah. Well, you're back in the lineup today, so thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah. And continued best of luck. We can't wait to see what you can do the rest of the season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great all job, right. Patrick. That is Patrick Kibble handling the Cholula hot seat. Nice round of applause for Patrick as he keeps things going back in the lineup here today. Uncapped real flavor with Cholula hot sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap, and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. We're back with more of Padres Social Hour. Don't go anywhere right after this. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. We'll get to this. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. Our thanks again to Patrick Kivlihan. Gets our first at bat, home run in the bigs, and then comes by and hangs out with us. It's pretty cool. I know. Th this had to be the highlight of his right. last 48 hours, I'm right. sure. The peak, on the yeah. Show. The one, peak. Of, one of, what, five <laughs> Padres to hit a home run their first uh, yeah, big Yeah, fifth game. Padre to right. make a debut with a home run. I remember yeah. Tommy Medica. Mm -hmm. I know Kevin McReynolds did it. The one that always got me was Eddie Rodriguez, who was a 
journeyman catcher yeah. in the minor leagues got sure. called up in Cincinnati. Yeah, I remember and that. And just nailed this. <laughs> yeah. It's all that pent up aggression just right. waiting to get to the fence yeah, and he he unleashed sat, it. He got called up and sat too. Remember, Bill? He didn't yeah, even play yeah, for a long yeah. time. And, and then they finally put they him they in for an AB. They gave him a start of the day game and his first and just whacked the heck out of it. And there was nobody more startled than Eddie Rodriguez. You know what's so cool, too? On the flight back, I remember, that was the topic the entire flight back. And he just had a smile on his face for the next four hours on that plane. And everybody was still high-fiving him and talking him up. It was a fun fun event. Everybody enjoyed that one. He talked about, he knew he wasn't going to be in the major leagues very long. And they asked him, you know, what are you going to, you got this money coming in because you're in the major leagues. He's going to buy a new fishing boat. That's what he did. <laughs> nice. He had already priced it out. Life's simple pleasures. Yeah. Uh, before we get to our San Diego Sports Mount Rushmore, which we were talking about earlier, I do want to clarify the, the ruling on the Supercuts head-to-head challenge. So because so Ryan Schimpf yesterday went over at the plate. Right. Clayton Richard had those two errors that led to the runs, but otherwise pitched very well, which you guys admitted. Also even drew a walk at the plate. So it was too close to call for me. So I decided to explain further my rationale. I went to fan graphs well-respected statistical haven for baseball, mm. and they have a stat called win probability added. For every player for every game, they basically give a stat for how much of a chance that guy increased or decreased his team's odds of winning. And according to them, Clayton Richard was a minus 3.9%. Ryan Schiff was a minus 11.8%. So I just went with the numbers. That's and not I even that, your, your guy's own point, he had zero earned runs. So there mm. you go. Yeah, I think there should be a. I think there should be like a replay. You want to put an appeal in? Yeah, because <laughs> one, I would vote on two things today. Blooper doesn't get the point; it goes to a shimp. And the other thing is, is that uh, Bob gets Clivahan and he gets whoever he wants. Yeah. Unfortunately, neither of those Bill. things will happen. Of course you are. <laughs> uh, it's I'm funny. impartial. It's funny. A gentleman named Ed who watches the show a lot came up to me after the game yesterday, saw me as I was walking out to my car, and he said, hey, I love the show, but a suggestion for next year, because remember when Blooper used to pick Myers or Jankowski yeah. for like eight straight days? He says, you know, you pick a guy once, and you can again for like three days or a week or something. That's a great call. So I thought, you know what? Not for now. We don't want to change the rules of right. the game this season. But next year, competition rules committee in the offseason, if Just you have any ideas. Or at least back to back. Yeah, or at least not back to back. I'm good at this. Doesn't need like we don't need to change the rules. I'm we'll revisit in the off season. Yeah. Maybe a different game next yeah, year. That's fine. All right, let's get to this uh, topic because a lot of people were tweeting in, so I want to make sure we get to it. Um, and this was again, I sift through a lot of sand, but every once in a while, a couple nuggets. This was another blooper idea. <laughs> so blooper, why don't you set this one up? Uh, just San Diego, Mount Rushmore, all sports, and then mm-hmm. you can look at it different ways. And I know it's a topic that's used a lot, but not for San Diego specific. Right. And so I mean, the reason you said you brought it up was because you were talking with someone else about, about Michael Phelps, Baltimore. Right? Is he like ba- Maryland slash Baltimore is, you know, Mount Rushmore? And that's how it started. Right. Michael Phelps, who got all his gold medals right. again last week, uh, never played for a Baltimore team. But I think you think of him and you think of him coming from that city. Right. Would you put him up but there? But they so have Unitas and a bunch, you know. Yeah, exactly. Games, so, it's hard. Yeah. so San Diego, I uh, got a couple tweets in and we'll get your guys after this. So. Uh, first one from Chris Science, and you're going to see a couple names, a couple obvious ones for sure. Gwyn Seau, Ted Williams, Tomlinson. And he said, I thought this would be an easy answer, just four. Uh, those were his four. Uh, David says, Gwyn Seau, Tomlinson, Marshall Falk, for what he did with the Aztecs. Uh, Tom, uh, Gwyn Hoffman, Seau, Tomlinson. Then another Tom, a different Tom, two Toms, uh, the same four, Gwyn Seau, Hoffman, LT. Uh, William Lieberger went a bit off and included some extreme sports. He said Gwyn Seau, Tony Hawk, and Rob Machado, the surfer. Uh, Alan Phillips saying Ted Williams, mm-hmm. Tony Gwynn, Lance Allworth, Junior Seau. Yeah, so some good ones there. Yeah, there are some good ones in there. There are some good ones. And still maybe some names even that weren't in that grouping that maybe you guys have on yours. So You want to start? Yeah, we'll go with Bob first. Uh, yeah, you know – 
I was challenged in terms of defining what it means to be a San Diego athlete. Does it mean that you just hail from San Diego and you became a great sports? I had a question that's about a, that. You know, yeah. so I that's a big interpretive part of this. I, I took the approach of, no, you actually had to have spent your, your career here in, on a field in San Diego, not, not just be from here. And the other th criteria that I used was the impact that you had here in the community. So the, first, the guy that I actually think should just be on Mount Rushmore all by himself is Jerry Coleman because of what he represents in terms of his uh, engagement here with sports and also the military world. So for me, I'd like to see a separate Mount Rushmore just for Jerry Coleman uh, and the man that he was and how he represented our city and everything that he embodied. But as far as the athletes go, I've got to go obviously with Tony Gwynn. That's a no-brainer. Next, I've got to go with Trevor Hoffman because not only did he do it on the field, but he's been an incredible right. member of the community. Um, then it, it was between LT and Junior Seau. I went with Junior Seau because I think he really dominated his position more, was on, in all those Pro Bowls, and also, again, he was embedded in the community. Everybody saw him around. Mm -hmm. Tons of people knew him and interacted right. with him on a daily basis. And my final one, I, I, I'm kind of going off the, off the uh, radar here, but I'm going to go with the San Diego Chicken. Because not only did <laughs> I get <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to be off the <laughs> Yeah, you thought you'd be surprising. This is a surprise. Well, I had so much fun watching the San Diego chicken. And actually, he made San Diego popular throughout the nation because everybody talked about the San Diego chicken no matter what city you yep. went to. Right. The first question was, hey, have you ever met the chicken? So I, I think there he is, the birth of the chicken, <laughs> the hatching is, right you know? on cue. <laughs> so uh, I'm putting a big old beak on the Mount Rushmore as well, just for somebody that had some fun in the sports world and uh, really put San Diego on the map in a different way. Could you imagine for a second, just actually <laughs> visualize this, say yeah. they, they put us up in the hill somewhere, <laughs> right, yeah. and you see those three, and then the, <laughs> the chicken peak just, <laughs> just popping out. All right, so those are Scanlon's four. How about you? Well, well I, got, I got a different because you, you went with the – you said athletes. I have a coach in there. And my my yeah. Mount Rushmore one is well Tony Gwynn. I think that's everyone's number one. I got Seau, no question. Yeah, I have Hoffman because exactly what you said. Not only was he a great closer for all the years, what he's meant to the community, but I think number one on my list, almost right there with Gwynn, is Don Coriel, yeah. who turned two football programs around here, and. Uh, not only that, he was the inventor of the I formation, which USC made famous, and he was the and he was the founding father of the West Coast offense. So I got Coriel for his work at State and the Chargers, Gwyn, Hoffman, and Seau. I love that. In fact, I was almost going to go with Dan Fouts, and I was looking at, at Coriel also just because of right. how they really transformed this this organization oh, in football here right. in San Diego and State San Diego State before that. He's yeah. the only. He, yeah. I don't know if it's still true, but he was the first coach. With 100 wins in college and 100 wins in pro ball. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I had known what he did with the Chargers before I got here, right. but learning what he did with State now, oh. I mean, that adds a whole extra layer uh, to what he did for this city. Yeah, for sure. and I mean, and just great offensive mind. Th that he was a high school coach in Hawaii when he develops the I formation. That's what got him to the States. John McKay brought him over, and then he decided, hey, I got to open it up at San Diego State and develop this great passing offense. I'd love, but. The picture that he would have, his face on Mount Rushmore would <laughs> <laughs> be this huge scowl. <laughs> <It's> a little <laughs> grimace. Right. Uh, a couple more tweets coming in since we've started discussing it. Uh, Ghost of Bruce Bayer, uh, Gwyn Seau, and then Tony Hawk and Ted Williams, which again gets to the point of is it someone that's right. from here or someone that did you know, right. what their accomplishments here. Yeah. It really depends on how you interpret what your Mount Rushmore There's a generational be. thing here too. I think so as well, yeah. Uh, Jellyman saying Tony Gwynn, Seau, Steve Fisher – 
and Ladanian Tomlinson. I have got to pick a coach. coach. I go Coriel. Coriel or Fisher? Yeah, interesting. So Fisher's building a nice resume. I know. Still. Yeah, I know. He's, uh, no, he's still no, going long. Yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. against Steve Fisher at right, all. Right? No, no, he's he's amazing. Now you certainly have a lot of options, and it really depends, I guess, on, on how you want to go about it and how you want to interpret Mike, it. Mike, who you got? Uh, I w- it would not be fair for me. I, I'm too new here to have any kind of weight on the opinion, so I'm not going to uh, give it in. Yeah. I, you know, you know me. I don't. I don't. You don't really shy mind away. Overstepping my bounds. Even, yeah. yeah. Even stuff that you know nothing about. I know. Jump in but on. for this, I want to respect the. the you know, I just picture him putting ketchup on his cheesesteak yeah. and yeah. pondering <laughs> this a little bit and put some. I did. Into I it. did ask a former coworker and a good friend of mine who lives in New York City now. She was born and raised here, and I texted her last night and said, "Hey, I'm going to talk about this in the show. Who would yours be?" She's my age, so I figured that'd be. Uh, you know, she could stand in for me, be my proxy. Hers were uh, Tony Gwynn, LT. Fouts and Ted Williams, which I had thought surprising because okay. I probably wouldn't pick Ted Williams to be honest. I'm, I'm surprised me. that Ted Williams comes up that right. often in this conversation. Not that he obviously wasn't one of the greatest hitters ever stand in the batter's box, but in terms of how much time he actually spent here in San Diego, I mean, he grew up here, but after that, his playing career, he had the one or you know one season here uh, with the two. PC, two season with the PCL right. Padres, and after that, it was yeah. he was out. But uh, anyway, but yeah, some people do for what he yeah. ended up doing representing the city for sure. Hey, yeah. speaking of Ted Williams, way to throw me to the segue here, Scan. This is nice. good professional media work here. Join the Padres in celebrating the 80th anniversary of the Pacific Coast League and the legendary Ted Williams on Wednesday, September 7th, when the Padres take on the Red Sox, for whom the splinted splinter plied his trade most of his career. Purchase a special theme game ticket package and receive a limited edition PCL throwback jersey presented by Fanatics. Tickets at Padres.com slash theme games. We are back to wrap things up on this uh, Sunday afternoon edition of Padres Social Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. Some more tweets coming in about our uh, San Diego Sports Mount Rushmore's. A lot of people bringing in names that we talked about from here, but maybe didn't do uh, their sporting achievements here. Uh, Marcus Allen getting thrown out there, John Lynch, Bill Walton, who has a statue here now at Petco Park for the remainder of the season. Uh, but yeah, it's really about right. how you interpret it. Being from here or doing, you know, outside of your athletic prime here or if your accomplishments happen. Yeah. Well, hey, a lot of great athletes have come out of here, which is really fun. That's right. great. And we've had Absolutely. some amazing guys that have had careers here. I still go back. Not a whole lot of cities can say that they've had a Tony Gwynn. Yeah. And we've had several of them with the Gwyns and the Hoffmans and, you know, guys that have, and Junior Seau, guys that have been amazing on the field and incredible ambassadors in the community as well. I do want to shout out, by the way, also repping San Diego, the Parky Little League guys. A win yesterday, staved off elimination in the Little League World Series. So Way to go, boys. Tomorrow, guys. Uh, also tomorrow, Bob, you're back with Chris Ello. We'll see you then. See ya.